official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. morning. It is good to be with you, church. Um, Good to be with you in spirit. Um, I trust that uh, God is ministering to your spirit this morning and that he will continue to minister to your spirit. Um, This morning, we're going to kick off a new sermon series. Um, I think it's one that feels appropriate to the moment that we're in, even though we planned it actually before we knew that there was going to be a pandemic. Uh, The sermon series is called Listening to God's Voice listening to God's voice. And I hope that we will all grow in an awareness uh, during this sermon series that God invites us into a conversation with him. Conversation with God is normative in the Christian life. That's what we see in the scriptures. Think about Adam and Eve um, walking with God in the cool of the day, talking with the, the master gardener. And Proverbs 3 verse 6, this is the message version, says, Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. When it comes to being in conversation with God, um, I think we tend to be pretty good at the talking part if we've been walking with God for any time, if we've been praying people. uh, We tend to be pretty good at the talking part of the conversation. Uh, For many of us, essentially, that's what prayer is, is talking to God. Um, but I find, or I, even in myself, we're not always so good at the listening part. Um, I don't know about you, but in this new reality, in this moment that we find ourselves in right now, I feel a particular yearning to hear what God is saying to me. Um, I need his voice to ground me. I need his voice to guide me and to comfort me and to heal me and to shed light on my path. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be asking the following questions. What does it look like to listen to God's voice? What does that look like? How can we recognize God's voice? How can we know that what we're hearing is from God and not just our own voice? And what are some practices that can help us to listen to God's voice? So today, I want to consider with you three ways that we can be listening for God's voice Uh, But first, I want us to take a look at someone in Scripture very quickly who hears God's voice, who listens to God's voice and hears his his voice, and that's the prophet Elijah. And we're going to just be reading three verses in 1 Kings 19, uh, verses 11 through 13. And to give a little background here, Elijah was a fire from heaven kind of prophet. He literally calls down fire from heaven in the chapter right before the chapter we're going to be reading from. Um, uh, But now, uh, in this chapter, chapter 19, Elijah's running for his life because Jezebel wants his head. Um, And we find him in the wilderness. He has escaped to the wilderness. And I wonder if any any of us feel as though we are in a wilderness right now. He's not just in the wilderness, but he's fatigued because he's been running. And he's discouraged. He's highly discouraged. Um, fatigue is a word that I've heard uh, spoken a lot lately. And I imagine some of us are feeling it, and some of us are feeling discouraged. Um, I know I have gone through both fatigue and discouragement. So let's just read verses 11 through 13 of 1 Kings um, 19. The Lord said, 
to Elijah, that is, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. So in much of the Old Testament, God's voice is compared to thunder. It sounded thunderous to many people. It was loud and powerful, and it was capable of much destruction. But here we see something surprising. God is not speaking through thunder, even when there is thunder. He's speaking through uh, it. He's not speaking through an earthquake. He's not speaking through a wind or fire. God is speaking in a whisper. And the actual Hebrew phrase here is perhaps better translated as the sound of silence. God speaks to Elijah in the sound of the silence, a sound that can only be perceptible. It's only perceptible in silence. The story of Elijah makes me wonder how often I have failed to hear the voice of God because I haven't quieted down enough to listen or because I haven't, I've, I've been looking for him to speak to me in grand sweeping gestures. But what if the voice of God is often subtle? And what if to hear God's voice requires me to actually pay careful attention And if hearing God's voice means that that I need to be paying attention, that I need to be intentionally listening, what does it look like then to listen for the voice of God? What does it look like to listen for the voice of God? I want to share um, three ways that we can be listening for the voice of God. And I'm going to give you three simple words um, that I'm going to sort of walk us through. And they're stop, step, sorry, steep, and search. Stop, steep, and search. So the the first thing I believe we can do is to simply stop. We can step away and be still. Many of us have already been forced to stop in a way way by this this new COVID reality that we're living in. Uh, We've maybe not been working. Uh, We've definitely not been traveling. Uh, We've not been hanging out with friends. Many of us have more time on our hands than we can remember having in a long time, if if not ever. But we're also presented with countless opportunities for distraction that can very quickly fill that time. Entertainment, social media. I mean, just the number of house concerts right now that you can tune into. I mean, some of the really good stuff. Uh, But ultimately, when it accumulates and fills our time, it can be distracting. Even our own worries and our uncertainties when we become consumed by them, if we're not careful, they can become also a distraction. So what would it look like to put the brakes on all of this distraction for a half hour, 10 minutes even, or longer, and just be still with God? Or what would it look like for us to go for a walk with him in the cool of the day like Adam and Eve and have a conversationing, a conversation with him, a listening conversation with him? Elijah stops and listens. Can we do the same? So the second uh, way of of listening to God's voice that I want to submit to you is 
to steep in his word. Many of us are are readers of his word. I hope we're all readers of his word. But how many of us have learned to steep in his word? I know that for me, learning to steep in God's word has been a journey. It's something that I've learned over the course of time. Um, I used to always feel like I had to get through a good chunk of scripture every day or somehow I'd, I'd be behind. Um, but I'm learning to steep in God's word. And sometimes that means spending time with a smaller portion of God's word so that I can go more in depth. Um, the first way I would say that I learned to steep in God's word um, was writing scripture in my journal, just transcribing a verse that was speaking to me or was part of my uh, devotional that day or or whatever. Just slowing down with a verse long enough to write the words helped me to steep in it, helped me to enter into it, um, helped it to enter into me. Uh, Lately, one of the things that has been helping me to slow down and to steep in God's word has been um, reading it aloud, Um, Just a short passage, maybe even part of a psalm or or part of a a story about the from the life of Jesus or a parable, but to to actually read it aloud to myself. Another thing that helps me to steepen in in God's word is actually to revisit the same passage every day for a little while, maybe every day for a week, maybe even longer. I will confess that um, I've been camping out in Psalm 16 for about a year now. Um, You know, among other pieces of scripture that I read. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to get a breadth of scripture as well, but I keep finding myself returning to Psalm 16, and God continues to speak new th- things uh, to me uh, through that uh, familiar passage. So a third way I think that we can be listening for God's voice is to be searching our hearts. Um, you could also think of it as letting the Spirit search your heart. Um, and I, I think this is important because it's in our hearts that we commune with God. That is where the conversation with God is taking place. So what does it look like to search our hearts? I think it simply looks like paying attention to our hearts and what's going on inside of them. For instance, how our hearts react uh, when we steep in Scripture, how our hearts react to the content that we're um, reading what our hearts long for, uh, what disturbs our hearts, what brings us peace. Let me give you an example of what this might look like. So you might sit with um, perhaps the most familiar um, verse in all the scripture, Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So you might sit with that and you might begin to pay attention to what's going on inside your heart as you steep in that word. Does this word, does this verse bring you comfort? Do you feel comforted by it? If you do, what part of that verse is comforting to you? Perhaps it makes you feel sad when you read that. It doesn't comfort you at all, but makes you feel sad. Well, pay attention to that sorrow. What is that sorrow over? Where does it come from? Uh, What part of that verse is producing sorrow for you? Maybe when you read that verse, you feel convicted. Maybe you haven't believed that in the Lord you have all that you need, and and you've been greedy, and maybe you've hoarded, and and you recognize as you read that verse that that you're living something that is is not in, in congruence with Scripture and not in congruence with your faith. 
And so you feel convicted by that scripture. Maybe God wants to speak to you through that conviction, through this con- the scripture and the conviction that it raises in your heart. Uh, maybe uh, this stirs a longing in you. What is that longing? How might God be speaking to you? So, so how might God be speaking to you through the comfort that this verse brings, the conviction, the sorrow, the longing, or whatever is being stirred in your heart as you steep in this verse? I want to invite you into to glimpse a conversation that I that I had with God recently. It was a conversation that was really just between me and God. It wasn't something that I think that He was calling me to share, but I would like to share it with you just as an example of this process um, in my own life. Um, a few weeks ago, in my small group, um, we were meditating on Psalm one forty seven. When I say meditating on Psalm 147, I simply mean that I, I asked us to read through this psalm in its entirety aloud together, um, or I read it aloud and then another person read it aloud and everyone was sort of listening attentively to this verse as we read it slowly. And I asked everyone to prayerfully pay attention to what stood out to them in this verse, to see if there was something in this psalm that seemed like it was what they needed to hear that day. And that day, I had been feeling particularly frustrated with the limitations um, uh, of this new reality, and particularly the, the, tech, the, the way that, that um, I was trying to do a community and foster community and invest in the flourishing of community um, through, uh, through my job as, as a pastor using technology that felt so limiting. And I was just feeling really frustrated about that. And I had been feeling really hopeful until this day. And in this day, I was just wondering, is it possible really to break through and to still do this community thing well? Um, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. And so I thought that as I, as I was going to Psalm 147, I thought f- for me that maybe God would speak to me through one of the very comforting verses in that psalm that, that are kind of a go-to for me. You know, I love in the psalm, it says, God heals the brokenhearted. He bandages their wounds. He determines the number of stars by, and, and calls them each by name. Great is the Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble. All of these verses, I thought, you know, God's going to comfort me. God's going to comfort me through one of those verses, and that will be good. That'll be enough. But as we're meditating on Psalm 147, you know, my heart didn't feel particularly drawn to or warmed by those verses that I expected God to to speak to me through. But instead, I felt my heart drawn to verse 2, which says he brings the exiles back to Israel. And I thought, well, what does that even mean? He brings the exiles back to Israel? And what does that have to do with me? Like, how is that going to bring comfort to me? And so as I asked the, 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 the people in my small group to pay attention to what the Lord might be saying and to ask him and to have a conversation with him about the verse or the word or the phrase that was standing out to them, I said to, to, to God, Lord, well, what are you saying to me through this verse that he brings the exiles back to Israel? And to my surprise, uh, he answered pretty much immediately. And now I will say that the answer that he gave me was not in words. Um, sometimes God does speak to us through words. Sometimes he speaks to us through images. He can speak to us through dreams in many ways, um, visions. Um, but he spoke to me in uh, basically a, a sense. It was like a strong knowing, a sudden strong knowing. 
But I'm going to translate that sense into words. So here's in my own words what I sensed God was speaking to me. I sensed that God was saying to my heart, all across this land during this pandemic, I am bringing people to myself who have been exiled. People who are outside of the kingdom are coming into the kingdom. People who have always walked through their lives looking down are beginning to look up. And I've been calling them to myself. I've been calling them by name. Those who have been far from me, I'm, I'm drawing near. Those who have been held captive by the enemy of their souls are being freed. I am rescuing them and they are finding life. That's what I, I sensed God was saying to me. Through this verse, uh, he brings the exiles back from, uh, to Israel. And you know what? Uh, that is exactly what I needed to hear. That is exactly what I needed to hear. I needed to know, to hear, that God was doing something much, much bigger and more important than I can understand. And here's what I also sensed that he was saying to me. It was as though he was also saying, Abby, can you put up with those frustrations, with those limitations? Can you put up with a, a few more inconveniences while I bring the estranged, those who have been estranged from me back into my kingdom? Will you do that for me? And of course I thought, Lord, yes, of course I can do that. You know, one of the ways that we can test if what we're hearing is in fact God's voice is by the fruit that it bears. And for me, this verse bore fruit. My perspective was immediately changed. Uh, this vo- what I had heard empowered me not just to tolerate the limitations of quarantine, not just to feel a little bit comforted and to continue to tolerate those limitations, but to embrace them with a renewed sense of purpose. So I've just shared with you three ways that we can be listening for God's voice. Stopping, steeping in the word, and searching our hearts. And now very briefly, I just want to share three ways that we can, be, can help us to recognize God's voice for being what it is, for being God's voice and not our own voice. Um, now, this is not a comprehensive list of ways that we can be sort of testing what we hear to see if it's actually God's voice. This is not a litmus test. This is just three things that I've found are often true um, when God speaks. And the first is that when God speaks, what he says is usually simple. It's not overly complicated. It's not hard to understand. God isn't in the business of tricking us or, or sending us through an obstacle course uh, to, that we have to sort of interpret what he's saying as if it were an obstacle course. He doesn't tell us 14 things at the same time and then make us juggle them. Uh, he usually speaks one thing at a time because he knows that that's all we can handle. You know, one way that a parent loves a child well is by communicating with that child on a level that that child can understand. And God is our father and we are his children and, and he speaks to us in a way that, that we can understand. The second way that we can sort of uh, be testing what we hear to see if it is God's voice, I, I notice that when God speaks, what he says is often just a little bit surprising. Now, I don't mean that what he says is necessarily radical, bizarre, shocking, but it's often just a little bit surprising. Um, Here's a few of the ways in which God's voice can be surprising. Sometimes what he says is not an answer. We're looking for an answer. And instead of giving us an answer, perhaps he asks us a question. You know, that's what he does for Elijah. 
um, after um, Elijah hears that small voice and he steps out of the cave. And God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? He asks Elijah a question. The voice of God often surprises, sometimes with a question. Um, Sometimes God speaks to us through a particular verse and we are just not expecting him to speak to us uh, through. It's not the verse we would have chosen for him to speak to us through. Sometimes what's surprising about when God speaks is how simple what he says is, how logical, how straightforward. If we had tried to figure out what we needed to hear, we would have come up with something more complicated, um, perhaps more burdensome, even more demanding. But what God asks or what God says is, is often very simple. So we, 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 in one way that we know that it's God's voices, it's just not what we would have said to ourselves. Um, and thirdly, um, when God speaks, and this is the most important, I think, of the three um, ways in which we can be noticing God's voice, when God speaks, his word is always sustaining. His word is sustenance for our souls. It's spiritual food. It feeds us. It restores us. The scripture tells us uh, in, in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says this, people uh, do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So what comes from the mouth of God is bread. God's word always brings life, not death. It will never condemn us. It will never lay a heavy burden on us. Now, this isn't to say that everything that God says will be easy for us to hear, or that that, that God never says a hard word. But even the hard words that God speaks are good words because they lead to life. In the book of Isaiah, God says, Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. Listen, and you will find life. When God speaks to us, his word is always accompanied by grace, a grace that helps us to receive what he's saying, and a grace that helps us to do what he's asking. So I just want to close by by reminding us that even though God may not speak with a thunderous voice to us, We may uh, hear his uh, voice only in a still small whisper. It is powerful. It is still powerful. In fact, it might be said that the most powerful thing in the universe is the voice of God. Because, in fact, it's the voice of God we read in Genesis that creates the universe. We ourselves are the product of God's voice. He spoke us into being. In the New Testament, Jesus uh, Uh, calms storms. He halts storms with his voice. He causes evil spirits to flee with his voice. He heals lifelong infirmities, and he even raises the dead to life. The voice of God has the power to heal and to bring life. So this week, I want to encourage us all to be in conversation with God And in our conversation with God, to take time not just to talk to him, although that is important, and he invites us to pour our hearts to him. But after you pour out your heart to him, perhaps take a little time to listen. I want to encourage you to do that by stopping, by steeping in the word, and by searching your heart, and to see what the Lord would say. Don't be surprised if his voice is really quiet if what he says is only just a whisper. And you may not even realize at first that that whisper is God's voice because it's just a whisper. 
but you'll know that it's God's voice because it brings peace, because it heals, because it's simple, not overly complicated, not overly burdensome, because perhaps it's a little surprising, it's not what you said, because it bears fruit, and especially because it leads to life. Jesus said, everyone who has ears to hear, let them listen. Let that be our invitation for the coming week. Let everyone who has ears to hear, let him listen. Let them listen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you speak. You spoke the universe into being and that you continue to speak today. Would you give us the courage to dare to listen? Would you give us the, the, the patience and the discipline to step aside, to stop what we're doing and step aside, to step away from our distractions, to turn perhaps the screen off or step into a different room or um, even to, 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 as much as possible, take a, a few minutes to just to step aside from our consuming worries and listen, Lord. And Lord, we, we, we pray and trust that you will honor us when, when we listen that you will honor our listening, and that you will speak the word that we need to hear. Help us to look for that word in Scripture. Help our hearts to be open. Teach us to search our hearts, Lord, and to hear what you have to say. And we trust, Lord, I pray for each one listening that you would indeed speak the word, Lord, that will comfort, that will heal, that will shed light on the path, that will bring direction, and that will lead to life. Thank you, Lord. Speak to us each this week a word that leads to life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. 